an IPO is primarily a financing event, right? These companies don't need the cash right now because they have a lot of cash on their balance sheet. So there's no need to go public. I think what is important for this company to continue to perform and, and become really enduring and category defining company. I think to me, that's what is the most uh, important. And then, you know, at the right time, you know, they're going to go public, but that's just going to be a milestone in their journey. I think the journey is the most important in making sure that all these companies are going to continue to grow and, and be category defining. Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaStock, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Okay, welcome to the show, uh, the SaaS Revolution Show. I'm your host, Alex Sumer. Uh, delighted to be joined uh, again uh, uh, by Philippe Bateri, uh, who is partner at Axel. Uh, welcome, Philippe. Thanks for coming on the show. I think you've been a, a regular guest perhaps every year now. Exactly. Super, super excited to be, uh, to be on the show with you today and can't wait for... Uh, the conference in Dublin next week. Yeah, e exactly. So uh, very much looking forward to SASOC 2023 happening again in, in Dublin, 16th to the 18th of October. Uh, and this is where you'll be uh, presenting, uh, which is part of an annual tradition now, uh, this year's the 2023 uh, Cloud Euroscape report, which is a, a lot of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but but actually, before we get into that, um, you, you know, but just because I, I, I'm curious, you, you know, we we know that uh, it's been a bit of a, a sort of reset sort of last year, this year. And uh, I think like in terms of investing, uh, certainly like growth stage seems to have like totally uh, like slowed down. Um, you know, earlier stage, there's still some deals like getting done. How how is it for yourself? Like you, you know, how many how many deals have you done uh, this year, and uh, how does that compare to to, to previous years? Yeah, that, I think that that is a fair question. I think uh, the, the the back half of last year and the first quarter of this year was very quiet. I think this year I've um, you know invested in two companies. I think one is uh, Synthesia. Uh, which is a Gen AI uh, company in the video space, um, you know, from from London. Um, so basically, the the company can uh, turn uh, use the text that you're typing and turn it into uh, the video of an avatar, you know, speaking your text, and you can pick different voice, different intonation, and it it actually looks um, very very real. So it's been a, a very interesting companies that is basically changing the paradigm of communication and though instead of basically sending um, kind of more stale written content you can turn into a, a video that's a lot more engaging and the data show that actually people retain more engagement with video than with text so that has been um, very helpful and hopefully i'll be able to demonstrate uh, part of their technology uh, you know, at the beginning of the presentation uh, next week. So that's uh, the first one. And then the, the second uh, company I invested in is a company called Sayera, uh, Israeli cyber um, company. And they are, I mean, of course, in my, uh, in my view, I think they're leading company in the uh, emerging cloud data security space. Uh, so as you know, companies migrating all their workload to the cloud, I think, we saw the first wave, wave of security product for cloud, which was really centered around CSPM, so cloud security posture management, meaning understanding how your cloud is configured and whether there are some 
configuration that could create vulnerabilities. And now that, you know, kind of this first wave is being digested, now the next wave is say, okay, what's happening to my data in the cloud? And the issue with the cloud is that it is super easy for a developer to, you know, in one, you know, one click, launch a data store, put, put a bunch of data, do something with it, then forget about it, then you have a phantom store. So being able to really understand where all your data is in the cloud and what kind of data it is, and then what kind of security posture you need for that data, I think is uh, is critical. And you know, this company has been growing like very, very uh, quickly this year as companies are really um, you know acting on the, secu- the security of uh, their data. What stage did you invest in in both of those? Uh, I mean, Sayera was uh, relatively uh, you know early uh, stage. And uh, Synthesia was uh, a later stage uh, deal. So now, you know, at Excel, we, uh, we do both early and, and growth stage. So I, I had, I mean, this year at Balance, where it one early and uh, one uh, more on growth. Very cool. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, we have one of the two at SaaS.org, uh, Victor Ripabelli, CEO of Synthesia, is, uh, is speaking. Uh, I don't think it's his avatar. I think it's actually him. Uh, so um, uh, looking forward to have... Are you him. sure? Uh, well, I, 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 I'm not sure. And nothing surprises me after uh, Patrick Campbell's churn talk uh, last year that th- things are getting through, squeezing through. So uh, it, it could be his avatar. But um, uh, either way, I'm, I'm sure it would be interesting. And, and, and actually speaking of the avatars, and uh, I know you mentioned you're going to demo it uh, on your talk. Uh, uh, maybe I should look into it and like get an avatar to do my opening remarks uh, every year so I don't have to get up as early uh, uh, to do those. But um, um, yeah, should uh, definitely play with the uh, uh, with the tool, um, and and every year, and, and we said before we started recording, um, uh, you've been at every SASOC, and I think the first in 2016 you presented the cloud Euroscape at I think it was at SAS Society in 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 2016, uh, but then since then it's been at every SASOC. SAS Society is like our founders; it's now more of a retreat. It was a one day event for for scaling founders. Uh, then I think we had. Nicholas from Algolia, Peter from Segment, you, you know, amongst others, uh, uh, Des Trainer, and uh, uh, at that first event, so some great names there. Um, we got some good names this year, actually. Uh, uh, we got Greg from Muckrack. Um, uh, we've got the the CEO of Typeform and Amir from SciSense uh, uh, are joining us. So uh, should be a fun one. Uh, but the Cloud Euroscape has been presented at every SaaS doc. Uh, but what is it? Well, so in uh, it's uh, interesting that you mentioned 2016, which. I think in my view has been a pivotal year for the, the SaaS ecosystem in Europe. I, I think this is really a time where um, you know the world started you know started to realize that the there was a lot of potential in cloud in Europe. Versus you know if you look at you know from 2005 to 2016, a lot of the companies that emerged from Europe, the big company, they were the the, the Spotify uh, of the world, they were the, the Supercell, they were the Deliveroo, they were the blah, blah, car, but their companies are more consumer uh, companies. Uh, and, you know, starting in 20, um, you know, 14, 15, that's where you started to see the first company emerge. And I think in 2016, it started to become obvious that something really special was happening. And so that's why we created the Euroscape to basically take stock of the progress of the European cloud um, ecosystem uh, over the years, and um, and obviously putting it in a global context. Um, and if we look at all the ground that we have made, I mean, it's been amazing to see that you know in 2016, uh, I mean, European 
investment in cloud, I mean, investment in European cloud company was roughly like one tenth uh, of um, of the US and it was around kind of a, a billion dollar a year. And if you look at now where we are post reset, you know, post COVID, you know, where we're kind of starting to normalize a new new, and uh, we are north of 50% of uh, of the US and now we're at a stage where um, basically the ecosystems are behaving in a way that is very, very similar. So like all the gain that we have seen in the past few years have not disappeared with a reset, but European ecosystem has really shown the res- its resilience and, uh, and its strength. And that's uh, very exciting. I, I like to think, given that the first Haslet was in 2016, we played a big part uh, in that. But, um, you know, I, 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 I can't quite claim it, but uh, I'm sure there's a, a tiny part. Um, but it, 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 for each cloud Euroscape, um, and obviously the 2023 one is being revealed, uh, at Sastock on the scale stage, but for each one there is a theme. Uh, what is the theme this year, and and why have you chosen this one? Yeah, so today we called uh, you know our Euroscape Generation AI, uh, and uh, so why do we pick uh, that title? I, I think there, um, you know, if we look at last year, uh, it was all about the the reset, where there's been um, obviously a reduction huge reduction in funding, valuation plummeting on, on the, you know, the public side. And everybody was wondering, like, where, where is this going to stop? And actually, the ecosystem had shown that it was quite resilient. Uh, and if you look back at 2000, it took 14 years for the NASDAQ to get back to 80% of its peak value. And in 2021, it only took 18 months. Uh, and I think uh, there is a combination of reason why it's happened. I think is it happened fast because the ecosystem, you know, the cloud ecosystem now is kind of very, you know, much bigger and stronger. Um, two, this cloud ecosystem had been very well funded in 2020 and 2021. So companies had a lot of cash on their balance sheet to kind of help them go through uh, this period. So we didn't see kind of all the distress that we saw in 2001, 2002, or, you know, kind of 2008, 2009, like companies were well-funded and only a very limited number, so less than 5% of the cloud unicorn in Europe raised a down round in the past year. So I I think that was an important uh, fact as well. And I think the third reason was AI. Uh, It's because kind of generative AI is now redefining the way software is written. Uh, and every um, every, comp- every every cloud company right now is incorporating Gen AI to, and, and you know with kind of a boost in terms of what they can deliver in terms of ROI for the customers. And we're seeing the the new generation of companies just being Gen AI native and kind of redefining a lot of the software um, categories. And so that's why we named the uh, uh, the report this year as a. Uh, generation AI makes sense, and uh, it's a big theme at uh, at Sastock next week. Uh, um, I think we would have been uh, uh, crazy not to uh, uh, make uh, you know have made it one of the central themes uh, as as it is for the year. So um, it seems we're aligned there. So let, let, let's go through some of the key things that uh, obviously you'll be revealing in this uh, uh, full report. And I I, th- I think you you know it's it's probably what 40, 50 slides um, uh, it, w- within Euroscape. So that there's a lot of stuff in there. 
uh, that you and the team have been sort of researching to uh, to create this uh, uh, Cloud Euroscape sort of report, including, you, you know, naming who are the kind of the top 100 uh, sort of uh, like SaaS companies that you're, uh, you're keeping your eye on, uh, you, you know, as such as, uh, you know, for the for the future winners. But what, what, what are some of the key things to note? Um, uh, let's go through those. Sure. Um, so I think in, in this report, we looked at both the kind of the public cloud market and the, and the private cloud market. And then we talk about the, the trends that we think, think are, are going to kind of redefine the, you know, the next two to three years. Um, so from a, a public market, I mean, the, one of the elements which has been interesting has been to see the, the value creation um, that happened uh, that was created by all the big tech companies. I think if you look at there are six companies in the world that are north of a trillion dollar in market cap. Five of them are uh, tech companies. And out of the five, there's one new this year, which is NVIDIA, which grew its market cap from 300 billion to 1.1 trillion this year. And, and kind of this set of five company, which is Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, uh, and now NVIDIA, the set of this company has created uh, 2.4 trillion in market cap in the past year. So that's 2,400 billions. So it really shows kind of the importance and the strength uh, and, and the ever-growing strengths uh, of this company. I think that is an important factor uh, kind of for the global tech ecosystem. And then if you look at software, I mean, the dominant force there is Microsoft. Uh, like all, um, if you look at all the companies that are now north of a, a hundred billion market cap in, in cloud, um, I mean they've all done very well this year. They've grown forty, the market cap on average forty percent. Uh, but Microsoft is by far the the biggest. Their market cap is like close to two point four uh, trillion dollar. When the number two is Oracle at two hundred and ninety billion. So it's nearly a factor ten between. Microsoft and the rest of the software world. And uh, the reason for that is because Microsoft has, you know, is really dominant in the three main trends that are driving the growth in software right now, which is cloud. Uh, so actually now Microsoft, you know, is kind of bigger than Amazon in at least according to the numbers that uh, they disclose. Uh, on security, Microsoft, you know, they disclosed 20 billion in, in revenues. I mean, the number two is Palo Alto Networks, which is like 6 billion, so one third. And obviously in AI, they've made a lot of investment with uh, OpenAI, and now they're even la launching their own uh, AI uh, chipsets. Um, so that, I think, has been something which, you know, we're clearly flagging in the report this year, because I think this is kind of an important part of what's um, kind of driving the evolution of the, the cloud ecosystem. Now, if you look at uh, overall, I mean, the, the public cloud company and our Eurosape, Euroscape index, I think now the valuation are normalizing to the 10-year pre-COVID average, which is kind of 6.2 times uh, forward um, revenue. Um, companies have moved from, you know, I've seen their growth rate reduce uh, and they have moved towards profitability. I think that has been a trend that um, you know we have observed clearly uh, in the past couple of years, and uh, it's been a big effort for for this company. And um, you know the strategic M and A has been um, you know quite high still. You know we estimate around 66 billion of software M and A this year. Uh, 
and the, the tech private as you know similar level as last year with around 55 billion and um, kind of a lot of software company being taken private uh, this year I think the number is around 11 so th that's kind of what's happening on the the public side on the the private side I think we can say that the um, the private um, venture market in cloud is kind of normalizing to kind of pre-COVID. So if you look at the, the numbers invested year to date, we're at kind of 11 billion in Europe, 20 billion in the US. Uh, so it's, it's about similar to where it was in 2019, 2020. Um, I think the big uh, one of the, the difference though, like the, the one market that has been probably more Israel on the growth side, where the number of growth deals in Israel has really gone down. Like if you look at the deals that are north of, um, you know, 50 million, uh, they're presented like 8 billion in 2021 and like less than 2 billion this year. So it's been like a huge, um, uh, huge uh, decrease. Um, why, why do you think that is? Well, I mean, the reason is because there were a very small number of growth funds who deployed uh, unbelievable amount of money in the geography in 2020 and 21. And now in the past year, they haven't done any deals. So I think that explained for most of the gap. So it's interesting to like, it's a very small number of firms that account for, um, uh, for all this. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, back, so I would say on the private market side, kind of back to pre-COVID, uh, as I mentioned earlier, very few down round for the, the European cloud unicorn uh, because the system has been very resilient, large rounds, uh, you know, they're not in the billion now, they're in the hundreds of millions, but still uh, very healthy and comparable between the US and, uh, and Europe. I, I think the one area where we have seen a big difference has been AI, where uh, I think Europe, um, has attracted a lot of the capital that went into the foundational models. So if you think about OpenAI, Inflection, Anthropic, uh, Adept, uh, I mean, these companies have raised uh, billions of dollars when uh, the equivalent in Europe and, and you have companies like Mistral and uh, Poolside and Aleph Alpha, they have raised like a hundred million. So I think there's been a difference in that front. Uh, but overall, if you look at, you know, where Europe stands, um, we actually have publishing a lot more on AI and generative AI in Europe than uh, in the US. Um, and we have a very deep talent pool, like a lot of, actually even a lot of the, you know, the engineers in AI uh, in the US, I mean, you, you find a lot of Europeans and I think Europe and particular France has, you know, very deep roots in terms of, uh, fundamental math uh, and, and machine learning. And, and I think um, that has created a pool of talents um, that is very, um, I, I think it's going to be a great asset for the, the geography. And if we look at the emerging companies um, in the Gen AI space uh, in Europe, I think they are very promising. Like you get companies like, you know, Synthesia, you look at um, in the UK, you look at Photoroom in France, you have 11 labs, you have, you know, as I mentioned, kind of Mistral, um, you know, pull side on the more fundamental model. 
um, you know, the infrastructure, you have, uh, you know, Weaviate and Human Loop and um, it's, um, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot happen from Europe in the Genii space. So I, I wouldn't discount Europe because we haven't seen the, you know, $5 billion investment in a European foundational model yet. Yeah, very, very, very exciting time for for, for Europe and uh, with with all this new uh, uh, Gen AI, uh, Gen AI uh, companies coming through. I think you, within the report, talk about sixty percent of all unicorns created in the last twelve months are Gen AI native. Is that just in Europe? No, no, actually, that's um, that's a global uh, that's a global number. Yeah. And, and then in terms of, um, you, you talked about the private markets and uh, we've seen, I think, the first SaaS IPO uh, this year for two years. Was it two years uh, with, uh, with Clavio? Um, and then a number of like the private markets and a number of M&A deals. Um, so I, I think the language you use, like the road to recovery, you, you know, I, I want to ask, you know, are the good times coming back? You know, is 2024 going to be, are we going to see... I think there's like a whole host of companies that have been waiting to IPO but haven't IPO'd, maybe like the Zapiers and the Stripes and uh, others. You, you know, is is that going to be the year of the return to IPO? And uh, again, a, a lot of M and A activity and uh, you, you know more funding happening uh, through from early stage to growth. Yeah, I, I don't know if that is um, you know the question that really matters the most to me because I think what matters is the fact that. Um, you know, the ecosystem in general has been able to create a lot of companies that are, you know, cloud companies that are now at scale and, and that these companies are very well funded. Um, and, and, and so you think about, I mean, what is an IPO? An, an IPO is primarily a financing event, right? These companies don't need the cash right now because they have a lot of cash on their balance sheet. So there's no need to go public. I think what is important for this company to continue to perform and, and become really enduring and category defining company. I think to me, that's what is the most uh, important. And then, you know, at the right time, you know, they're going to go public, but that's just going to be a milestone in their journey. I think the journey is the most important in making sure that all these companies are going to, you know, continue to grow and, and be category defining. As you mentioned, and, and I think r rightly so, with the reset, which sort of happened last year um, <clears throat> after the, the, the crazy times and, you know, the growth uh, at all costs was uh, really the, the, the mandate for many years for, for SaaS companies up until the, the IPO. Do you think we're now always going to see this focus on profitability um, or, you, you know, it, and, and you know, I guess, like, is it is it important? You know, will uh, growth at all costs come back? You, you know, at some point, will will that be uh, sort of necessary, or you know, has 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 the world of SaaS really kind of changed for perhaps the better? Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a very fair uh, question. I think the the, the way I think uh, I, I, there are two ways to define profitability. Right, there there is being profitable, and there is profitable growth, right? And I think right now we're in a market where there's a lot of pressure on the, the top line right now. I think it's kind of hard to get to the buyer's purse and therefore growth has slowed down. So if the growth has slowed down and you want to be an, and, and you want to be an efficient company and, and, and that efficiency is typically defined by kind of being a rule of 40, being a rule of 50, you know, if you're growing 30%, that means you need to be profitable. Uh, but, you know, I, I think as 
um, kind of the economy recovers and there is less pressure on the top line and we start to see you know growth rate reaccelerating you know if we're growing 60% you can burn 20% and still be a very efficient company right because you know in SaaS it's kind of the math of the business model is you grow fast you're going to burn more because you kind of have to invest upfront of the you know the cost of the customer acquisition is upfront um, so to me, I think um, the focus on profitable growth, I think, is here, um, you know, to stay. Uh, but whether that means that company have to be profitable or not is going to depend on how fast they can grow. You also mentioned about um, when we talk about Genitru uh, AI, that uh, a lot of the established companies are bringing it into their product. But then obviously those that are uh, being you know, born now are becoming sort of gen AI, AI uh, sort of native, right? Um, but if a company, like what is your advice to a SaaS company that is building a product, but they're, they're not thinking about gen AI for some reason and it's not in the product? Is, is that, is, you know, is it table stakes now? Will, will you, will Axel be investing in companies, you, you know, next year that don't have gen AI as part of it, it, its sort of product? Um, what, what's your kind of message there? I haven't found, I haven't spoken to any of these companies. I don't know where you would find them because like uh, everybody today is only talking about AI. But I, I think it's going to be very, uh, you know, maybe there are exceptions, but I think it's going to be very rare for a software business not to have to use AI either to, um, you know, develop an entirely new product or to improve their internal efficiency. I mean, there are a lot of companies where the quality and speed of delivery is key and you'll have to incorporate some form of you know AI to to make this happen so I have a hard time thinking about a new company right now that would be uh, started without using Gen AI internally or in their kind of customer facing uh, product and um, I think we mentioned, like, alongside all the findings uh, and the data that you share, uh, you know, about the market and the cloud ecosystem, there's also this unveiling of the uh, the, the cloud 100, um, you know, each year. What does a SaaS company need to have to make it into the cloud 100? Um, you know, how do you choose this specific uh, 100 companies? And uh, yeah, maybe you can share some some insights into that. Sure. Um, I mean, so we look at, you know, north of 2000 companies when we do this list. And so it is not exhaustive. I think, you know, it's based on the set of 2000 companies that we know. Uh, but if we missed any, of course, they should feel free to reach out and we'll, you know, of course, consider them. Uh, but, you know, for these companies, I mean, we look at what we know in terms of what is what is a product doing? What is the value that the, the product is bringing? What is the size of the market that they're addressing? How do they think about differentiation? Uh, we'll look at the profile of the team and, and try to understand how that profile kind of matches their, their ambition. Uh, and, and of course, you know, we look at kind of the, the momentum that they have in terms of hiring, fundraising, and more importantly, kind of revenue growth. Uh, and then the last thing is, you know, we work closely with J2. Uh, you know, which is one of SaaS partners as well to kind of look at customer feedback and, and, and review and see, uh, of course, how customers are reacting to the, the startup product. And outside of your keynote presentation of, of the Cloud Euroscape, when, you, when you're at SaaS 
Where, where can you find Philippe Pateri? What, what are you doing uh, in, in Dublin? Yeah, well, I'll be, uh, you know, either talking to a startup or uh, on the floor. And, uh, you know, if I'm not speaking to anyone, people should feel free to come and speak to me. Very cool. And not literally on the floor because he's had a late night drinking too much Guinness. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, on the, on the expo floor, uh, uh, for sure. But um, you, you, can't, you can't miss him. Um, well, look, Philippe, uh, thank you so much for coming on the, uh, on the podcast. We're really looking forward to seeing another Cloud Euroscape, the, the 2023 edition, uh, presented live exclusively at, uh, at Sastock. Um, so I uh, really appreciate you guys sort of doing that. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Where can people find, uh, I know I understand there's a landing page for the Euroscape for those listeners, because uh, we'll be publishing this the day after uh, uh, SaaS finishes. Um, where can people find um, uh, the Euroscape? Yeah, it's going to be on, on our website. So axel.com slash Euroscape. Uh, so it should be very uh, easy to find. You can also go to my LinkedIn profile where you find the, the right link to, to the report. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to put it together, coming on the show, and then obviously presenting it uh, next week at Sastock. Uh, thank you so much, Philippe Pateri, a partner at Excel. Thank you, Alex. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SAS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming Sastock conferences around the world. Want exclusive SaaS content and actionable insights to grow your SaaS? Join our community of over 36,000 SaaS founders at sasdoc.com.